0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to our Frankenstein Group podcast. Uh, My name is Siddharth, and today I'm joined with um, Miss Charlie Walsh and Miss Alexa Bachman. We're going to be going into some insights on concepts in Frankenstein involving the monster and the creator of the monster. And we're also going to be going on an insight onto the path of how Victor Frankenstein could have created his monster. Okay,
1: first we're going to start off with some 30-second summaries, trying to, st- trying to summarize from the letters at the very beginning all the way up to chapter 14, where we are right now. Okay, 30 seconds on the clock, here we go. Okay, the book starts out with a man on a journey with the boat he's landing riders to his sister. He meets a stranger who tells him a weird story, and then we switch to the stranger's point of view. stranger had a really good childhood. We learned that his name is Victor Frankenstein. When he was really young, his parents adopted a little girl who is his sister, but then also ends up being his wife. So as he grows up, he just wants more life. So he goes off to college where he learns about the process of reanimation, and he just decides he wants power over death. So he creates a monster, and then the monster ends up killing his little brother, and then he meets him in the mountains, and he's haunted by him. That's 30 seconds.
0: All right, so time for a 30-second summary. Uh, so it begins with a Captain dude who's sailing around a ship to the North Pole. He sees this random dude in dying in the snow uh, on a dog sled, and um, his name is Victor. Uh, so Victor then goes into his life story, uh, talking about his parents, and then he talks about how his parents met uh, a little orphan girl and decided to adopt her and to allow him to have a friend and someone to marry. Uh, and he decides to study uh, physics and alchemy, and he loves reading alchemy books,
2: oh, and that's it. Okay, so at the beginning of the book, there's this man, he's bored on a ship with a bunch of people that don't understand him. He talks to this one stranger that he found, a stranger starts going into his life story. Um, his early life was pretty good until his mom died, and then he ended up going off into college, and then he studied alchemy and some other sciences, He became obsessed with reanimation, made a creature, was scared of the creature, abandoned the creature, then had to go home where his little brother was murdered, thought the creature was the murderer, and then someone else was accused, Justine, which was the housekeeper. Oh, shoot.
1: (laughs) So we're gonna start off with the first question of our podcast, which is gonna be about Victor's character development. It's discuss Victor's sense of self and responsibility for his actions. So I think it's an interesting contrast between Victor's guilt and his sense of responsibility because throughout the book, especially after his brother gets murdered, you can feel him during the trial saying, oh, this is my fault, I should take responsibility, I did this, but then that guilt and the fear of retributions and punishments just keep him from actually taking full responsibility
0: and speaking out to save the girl.
2: Yeah, there's also- Oh, am sorry, go ahead. (laughs)
0: Uh, thank you. I really have to agree with you there. It seems that Victor, essentially, he desires to take responsibility, but he just can't because there's so many things that are preventing. Like, he's always worrying. Oh, wait, especially, you can also tell when he creates the monster, he suddenly freaks out, but he doesn't take responsibility for it. He just runs away. And that's the thing. In the pursuit of, like, trying to find responsibility, he keeps running away from it. And that's one thing I noticed in his character development.
2: What do you guys think of that? Yeah, it's definitely the running away, but it's also, like, even if he did have the chance to take responsibility, he also fears that other people won't believe him in it, which also makes sense. But, I don't know, it's definitely, he has problems, like, accepting in the end, because you can see that he wants to, but he's not actually fully, like, going to tell anyone about it or anything. Like, inside, he's feeling the guilt that Alexa was talking about, but otherwise... Definitely.
1: I think it's also interesting to look at how Victor's sense of kind of self confidence um, develops and changes throughout the story. Because in the beginning, when he's a boy, he just has all this curiosity and he's always learning and through college really applying himself and, and wants to be the best that he can be. And then after he creates the monster, it just kind of like rents, wrecks his self confidence. And all of a sudden, he doesn't want to do anything new or change anything because he's afraid of what the consequences will be.
2: Yeah, he definitely gained confidence in the beginning through his, like, studying and accomplishment. But as soon as, like you said, as soon as he made the monster and stuff, he kind of lost all that. Because then there's a distrust in yourself, too.
0: It's almost as if he was, like, working so hard towards something that he thought he was going to be great. But when he actually accomplished it, he was just disappointed with the results. And he was horrified that he failed. Like, his self-failure, He's The whole time he was so confident about creating something incredible, but when he created the monster and failed at it, he failed himself, and he just completely lost all his confidence.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, he put too much of himself in his, like, pride for his knowledge, so when that went away, he completely loses himself.
2: Yeah, definitely. (sighs) Okay, so another thing I saw with his sense of self was that he tended to throw himself into his studies, kind of like how Siddharth said that he put himself a lot into that one like accomplishment and getting reanimation. But he also seemed to neglect certain things like his family life when he was in like the two years off in college and stuff. So I feel like that ends up stemming to a lot of other things because we see later that he struggles like to make connection with his monster and he's afraid of it. He also struggled to make connection with his family in itself. So I feel like that could have something to do with like the reflection of how he creates relationships with others
0: yeah he also barely maintains his health it's kind <laughs> of sad to watch yeah he's so focused on doing something that he puts his life into it and then he doesn't even eat sleep properly so much so to the point that his friends and family have to take care of them
1: Yeah, I think that's where those vacations come in, too, because he pours so much of himself into whatever he's doing. Like like when he's grieving, he's just fully, like, just wrecked. And his dad tells him, like, you need to get out on a vacation and, like, reconnect and um, put less of yourself. Like, spread yourself around so you don't get burned out so easily.
2: Okay, so now we're moving on to question two, which is regarding the poem and how it relates to Victor and his monster in the novel. Okay, so one thing that I see like conflicting between the two things is the poem is trying to reiterate the like importance and beauty of nature and how much you can learn from it. Whereas Victor is so set on his like scientific research and study and reanimation, which is pretty much going against the laws of nature. So you can see a big conflict there in between the whole idea of like the romanticism of like nature and sublime and stuff and then there's victor who is faced with completely like rewriting the laws of nature but then also he takes all these like breaks and stuff where he's back in nature and that seems to like rejuvenate him. i guess i don't know but it's kind of weird how that's like there's that contrast between the two even though this is uh, like written in a period of such like the glorification of nature and stuff
1: yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't I didn't pick up on that contrast the first time around. I think the main thing I kind of pick up on, which is you kind of said too, is especially that first line says, Up, up, my friend, and clear your looks. Why all this toil and trouble? And it's discussing, like, going to nature to escape your troubles. And that's what Victor does multiple times throughout the book whenever he's struggling, is he goes to nature and he just learns to appreciate it and focus on that instead of what's going on in his life
0: so essentially the concept of nature i do agree with you what victor frankenstein does is essentially play with natural order and connecting to this to the poem essentially um what victor frankenstein does the poem is essentially like speaking about naturalism and focusing on the natural aspects and respecting it and rejecting trying to force humanity on nature. Well, what Victor Frankenstein just completely defies the law of nature. And that's essentially like what nature's role has in this. Since he defies nature, it just completely changes everything. And nature essentially has a role of keeping order in the society.
2: Yeah another thing that kind of like lines up with the poem is just when it talks about books in like a negative connotation kind of that kind of also can like I don't know reflect the idea that after all the studying stuff you only managed to make something that like the monster that ended up feeling lonely and ended up hurting others stuff like that which can kind of like relate back to the idea that The books are only adding something worse but then when like we all talked about how when he goes out in nature that's when he ends up actually like finding himself again or like I don't know regaining his strength so I feel like in the end you might actually see like more being gained from nature kind of like the poems talking about rather than all of his studying and like going to like the college and the mentors and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I think that's something I found in my life I personally disagree with, though, is the, like, the belief that you learn more from nature than you do from modern technology. And I think maybe this stems from a time where now we have so much technology that it's crazy to say that you learn more from um, nature than you do from technology. But I just think it's an interesting standpoint that the author is so convinced that nature is, you know, all giving and the good of everything. And
2: they have such a distaste for science and art. Yeah. I don't know. I see how you're saying in this world. Like, I think we learn a lot from life experience. But like you said, I don't think we actually get too much from nature. Like, I don't know. We go out to, like, hike and stuff. Like, it's a nice, like, way to, like, stabilize your mental health and stuff. But I don't think we're actually learning too much. Because like you said, with technology, everything's already at, like, the tip of our fingers. So.
0: yeah actually i want to sort of connect that to real life essentially uh personally if you like in reality like the, the ideals and concepts expressed in the poem and the book they're really romantic they're uh are all these romanticism movements and really romantic ideas we're essentially focusing on nature I mean, like, essentially makes defining nature look like a bad thing but is it really a bad thing is defying nature a bad thing Because sometimes we have to define nature. If we don't define nature then we don't have things like hospitals, legal systems, or other important things which we need to function today. So is defying nature really a bad thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. It's like we've we've gotten so much from escaping the sicknesses and the things that come from nature. It's like it seems like it's better for us to rely more on technology than on nature.
2: Yeah, it seems like when you look at it, we've got how far we did in our, like, human development and just all of our achievements through exactly what you're talking about, like ignoring or defying nature, yeah.
1: I think I can see, though, how... Because when Romanticism and this film was written, it was in the 1800s, right?
2: Yeah, so they didn't have the access to that stuff.
1: Like we, yeah, it's like, they didn't have good technology and they could, probably couldn't even imagine, like, the reaches of technology that we have now. So it seems how you I see how you could be more tilted to thinking
2: that nature is the better way to go. Yeah,
0: definitely. Mm-hmm. So essentially I have like one more follow-up question for this one. How can we essentially form a society in which we can have nature and technology in harmony, we can have nature and humanity in harmony without ending with consequences as seen with the monster in Frankenstein? How can we do that?
1: i mean i think we can use technology to learn and record all the things that we learn from nature because learning from nature is kind of i feel like a case-by-case basis and like you personally learn from nature but the whole world doesn't learn at the same time So you can take what you've learned and maybe you know post it somewhere or do something to get the word out and to just spread knowledge that you gain
2: yeah and there's whole like a lot of the things that we like we were talking about like medical advancements and stuff A lot of that comes, like, even though it's our innovation and we're kind of trying to avoid death, so it may seem like going against nature, but a lot of the remedies we create do come from natural substances. So that's just, like, one example that we've, a way we've incorporated nature into our own innovation, even though it may seem like it's defying it.
0: Mm -hmm. So let's move on to the next main question. How does Victor approach his studies at the University of stepped. and how does this approach differ from your studies and so Victor chooses a, a mentor which is Dr. Walden and how does he choose him and do you happen to have a mentor how would your studies be different if your mentoring situation were different
2: okay so the first thing I noticed about like Victor going to his like studies in the university is that he's like first of all he has the like like, drive to learn more constantly, which is good for going into college and stuff. But then he also, like, we talked about it a bit before, like, when he was so invested in his work and just immersed in it that he starts to lose focus of other things. So I feel like that's, like, his main, like, work ethic is just that he gets so into it and, like, I don't know, like, consumed by it that, like, the need to learn more and, like, know more, that's, like, kind of, like, the idea of human greed in that, too which can be seen through his studies, which is kind of a weird way to put it, considering that's usually a good thing. But it seems almost obsessive, the way he, like, gets into things.
0: It does, actually. Now that you bring this up, I do see that there is actually quite a bit of human greed in his study. He's really greedy for knowledge, and he's really greedy for things. And once again, actually, we're all making connections to the same thing. Everything leads to one thing. All this greed, all this defiance all this knowledge, like too much of it leads to the creation of something that might not be good. And yeah, I do agree. He does seem to be studying insanely much because he's curious. He's also greedy. He wants a lot of things.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting how the author was like building his greed throughout the story from like a little bit of his curiosity that we got to the beginning of the book to the way it just like built up to his obsession in college. I also think one thing that I personally related to from the way he went about his education is like he really was like, his motivation was based off his teachers a lot. Like that original teacher he uh, met that was kind of like dismissive and dismissed his studies. He was immediately like just kind of turned off from studying and he like didn't want to do it anymore. But then when he had that good teacher, it really just fueled his fire and made him want to learn. I think that's something we all relate to is like everybody learns better and has more fun doing it when you have a good teacher that you can like relate to and learn interesting things from yeah
2: definitely yeah that's definitely something that's with us because i don't know when i have like a teacher that's kind of like like not passionate about what they're teaching i'm kind of like what's the point like also you don't get as much from them because they don't seem to like believe in you in the same way that like victor's second mentor does so yeah i can definitely see how that like plays into our lives too So now,
0: um, I kind of want to bring up something else because with the second part of the question about mentors and essentially teachers. Now, I'll start off. Now, personally, I've never really had a, a specific mentor, but, um, I've had teachers or special, uh, education related people that have essentially inspired me to like study and do greater things. Um, an example was my engineering teacher last year, actually. He was really, really encouraging and he was always there to help. Like anything, like he was always like, don't be afraid to ask questions. And that's essentially what really made me passionate about. It. Because a lot of teachers, like asking questions in classes, is, is kind of nerve wracking. It's like, what if people judge you like, if you don't know? Like, just, but it's super easy to ask questions and you encourage asking questions. And every time you had a question, you gave an answer to the best thing. So that basically just inspired curiosity in me. it inspired curiosity in me, and essentially, I would just asked more questions and learn more, and it gave me this sort of curiosity to study and develop things and Since engineering is like a project oriented class, uh my project designs and knowledge just really grew from there, and I found that to be really, really encouraging for my studying.
2: yeah, I feel like the thing that you said about curiosity, especially like like, how you're talking about it in yourself, and then also how it can be seen in Victor, I feel like that's a, like, really good motive for studying and just learning more because it, like, I don't know, it sparks more interest in you, and then it's also, like, the challenge to kind of either expand what you know or, like, see different ways of thinking about things or, like, I don't know, a lot of the whole idea of, like, how things can be disproven over time, too. I feel like when teachers, like, ask you to think outside the box and, like challenge you to like disprove something or think of something a different way that really adds a lot to their education. I feel like that's a lot of what like Victor was facing with his mentor too.
1: Yeah, I've never had like a specific mentor that I had for years, but I've definitely had teachers who I've just connected with more and their style of teaching works really well for me. And when it's in that style that I like, it just makes me want to do it so much more. Like I don't like learning about math, but if I have a math teacher, who just has the right attitude going into it, I'm like willing to try and willing to continue like learning and enjoying the class, just based off like the teacher I have, even though the subject matter is still stays the same. Yeah. <laughs> so the last question we're gonna talk about is how does this portion of the reading develop the creature as a character? And like what does it suggest about what it means to be human? Personally, the bit of creature telling a story was my favorite part of the book so far. I just think it was really interesting to see how he goes from being this thing that we just consider like a monster to we see him like feeling empathy for the people that he's with and helping them out and just like learning from them and we see his like curious side and it makes him a lot more like human feeling and we we feel his feelings versus just viewing him as this gross monster
0: yeah the development of the creature turns from what is supposedly a monster to something that is more human than the human that created him. What does that say about the monster? What does it say about humans? The monster sees people and learns to be more human than its creator ever was.
2: Even, like, he's learning to be more human, but you also see, like, he talks about how as soon as he was, like, brought into the world and stuff, he automatically, like, and how he was rejected and stuff. That, like I feel like that just really brings in, like, a large idea that like the loneliness that he faced and stuff because that's such a human emotion and that's not even something that he had to watch to develop it's something that he automatically felt after like feeling the initial rejection of victor so i feel like that's like a really big like part in setting up the rest because he just after this he just faces like so much just like loneliness and exclusion just because of the way that he looks which also can bring up a theme in real life so i feel like it's interesting to look at it that way
1: Yeah, I think something that really, like what you were saying, really shows his humanity is like his craving to just be a part of a community. Like from the very beginning, he sees other people and he goes to them to try to learn from them. And he always talks about how he feels like he's a part of that family that lives in the cabin. And I think that's a big part of what it does mean to be human is just to have people that you bond with and that you care for, even if you know he doesn't really know them but he still tries to provide that wood for them and he still doesn't eat that food and it really just that sense of community i think is a lot of what it means to be human.
0: so essentially uh on the topic of emotions and loneliness, there are a lot of things that um there are a lot of funny things that essentially uh victor frankenstein doesn't feel while um the monster does feel, the monster feels empathy, the monster's caring. But one thing I noticed about Victor Frankenstein is he's sees barely any of those. What if Victor Frankenstein is, like, the true monster? What if Victor Frankenstein is the monster? And Frankenstein is essentially, and the monster is just a representation of, like, how even monsters can be more human, and that humans are true monsters.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't say he lacks empathy necessarily, just because there's the whole, like, when William was murdered... He, like, yeah. felt really bad about that. And then when Justine was convicted, there was the whole, like, he felt responsible and stuff. Like, he lacks taking action on his emotions, but I still feel like he has the empathy and stuff. Even if it's not as strong as we see in The Creature towards his past.
0: Like Yeah, that's chapters. true. He, yeah. Oh, he only has empathy for things that he perceives to be... Uh, He only has empathy for things he perceives to be good. For things that he perceives to be bad, he just shuts it out of his life.
2: Yeah, like The Creature
0: yeah
1: i think the creature's curiosity really shows too about not not curiosity but almost like confidence in things that he doesn't understand because where victor creates this creature that he doesn't understand and he's afraid of he just immediately runs away and tries to distance himself from it but where creature is like oh i want to know my father is and i'm my father my creator and he just is confident that he wants the answers that he's willing to risk trying to meet up with victor and trying to understand him
2: yeah, I really like how he tried to, like, reconnect with Victor after all that time because you can see, or, like, we don't get to see too much of it yet because we're still in the middle of his story, but just him, like, like going to see Victor over and over, like, it shows his development in, like, even though the, he had that initial rejection and stuff and has faced it over and over, he still seeks that human bond that you were talking about, so...
1: Yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting how Creature tells his story because it, it, I feel like it elixir, I don't know what word I was going for, I feel like it brings so much more, like, empathy out of me because I already like Creature more than I like Victor. Yeah. I feel like Victor is constantly coming up with excuses for his actions and he's kind of a like main character versus Creature, I'm like, oh, like, this guy's interesting, he's he's curious and he has empathy
2: and he's hardworking and I just like him more. And you just, like, feel bad for him because, you know, like, I don't know, loneliness is something that's, like, that's a big struggle. And, like, when everyone's just constantly turning you down, like, imagine how he's probably so isolated. Like, oh, I feel
1: bad for him. Yeah, everyone relates to that, like, want to be accepted.
2: Yeah. Yep. Especially when you relate it to just the fact that, like the whole like not judging a book by its cover and stuff. And like he's learned so much and and grown so much and he's just like, he has so much to his character, but everyone else will only see the monster because that's like what he looks like initially. So it's just- They only
0: see what they're told to see.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's (laughs) another like widespread kind of like, I don't know, not like propaganda, but you know, just like the kind of like, like image that you put out to others and like that everyone just kind of decides upon. It definitely is affecting him so
0: yeah <laughs> All right, so thanks for joining us today. We had a lot of fun with this podcast. It's pretty interesting hearing everyone's opinions. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we well, hope you'll enjoy seeing us the next time.